Welcome to Let's Explore This, your Tri Sigma podcast. Uh, we're here this week with the full crew, plus a special guest, uh, Kami Trucker. How's it going? Good, good. Kami Trucker is pretty famous on, on TikTok and uh, Twitter, so uh, thank you for coming on to the show. Um, we really appreciate that. We've been looking to kind of collaborate with other uh, creators, and uh, you're the first one to, to agree. So welcome, Kami Trucker. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. No problem. And and then, of course, like I said, we got the full crew. So we got Sam. Hey, guys. And Adam. Hello. So today we just kind of want to have a, a general conversation about um, just politics and capitalism and um, and then maybe some solutions on how to unify the um, the working class. So, uh, Kami Trucker, uh, I guess I want to start with you. Um, you know, when I came across your TikTok, I think it was the, the first video I saw was when you were saying that uh, we'll need to speak with others that we don't necessarily like. And that's kind of been the message that we've started to explore uh, here on our podcast is just, you know, kind of realizing that the, it seems like it's manufactured division between us and the working class. And we kind of need to um, find a, find a bridge to get up that divide. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if you want to take it from here, just kind of like, tell us like what your, your message yeah. is and where your politics came from. Um, well, where my politics come from is a lifetime of witnessing my mother live under the brutal, um, austerity of Reagan, Bush, Clinton, and Obama as a single mother and a working nurse and watching her my entire life exist, live, grow, and finally retire in poverty. And a, a sticking memory of mine is um, her, when, when I was maybe four or five, she would deliver meals to um, people suffering from AIDS who were cast out of society during the Reagan years. And um, even impoverished and struggling herself, she would find time to create care packages for people in need. Nice. And that really informed me going forward. And then finally, during, um, during one of the many rampant police shootings, hearing uh, mainstream Democrat voices tell me that the only the only way we can combat combat police brutality and wealth disparity is by voting. And that really pushed me away from liberalism. Okay. But as far as where my politics stand and my desire to unify working class, I, I work in a traditionally uh, masculine field where everybody is conservative. Everybody has mild bigotries or oppressed or suppressed bigotries. And we, you know, and, and these are people that we have to make their lives better in order to change their minds. Because our, our cause is universal. It's not just for our small clique of leftists that we're trying to make life better. It's for everyone. Mm -hmm. And we have to reach these people struggling as well. I don't know if that answered your question or not. 
Yeah, definitely. That that's that's good insight. I, I mean, that, that's pretty similar to my my story too. I mean, I, I, uh, I, I actually, I mean, I'm I'm kind of in a professional like sales background. I guess like what people would consider white collar. Um, but we all grew up in the same little conservative town and have a lot of ex- mm-hmm. have a lot of experience with those types of people. I mean, those people are in our families. Um, you know, we I've worked yeah. with them. You know, coming up and. I still work with them to some degree. I mean, just the other day I was, I I had a, I I was working with somebody from a different company and they were talking about how uh, CNN is talking about CRT and making their daughter feel guilty for being white. And, and, and he's from Oregon and was all like, you know, I was, I, I was, I've always been a Democrat my whole life, but you know, the conservatives aren't telling me it's bad to be white, you know? So it's, (laughs) it's it's like the democrats aren't doing a very good job at uh explaining crt in the first place or uh or 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 just being there for the working class um they're really alienating yeah absolutely they're democrats and liberals would rather alienate a significant portion of the voting bloc than actually reach out and create real change for those struggling Mm-hmm. Because they, they they have a perfect gig, they can be the professional opposition and still receive funding. So yeah, you know they have their they have their job to do, and they're doing it. Yeah, they just raise uh, make a buck off saying Donald Trump's a bad orange man, and and then they just yep. keep going. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um. So so where where exactly um what exactly is your is, is your background? How'd you get to uh? a field of semi-professionalism um so i uh so <laughs> all right so just to answer your question we, we all come from the same uh small conservative town in minnesota um and oh, okay. and okay. we kind of you know we all kind of grew up conservative <laughs> um and then i kind of you know i went to college and, and got poisoned by the liberal professors um so <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That'll happen. Yeah. Those damn Marxist professors. Exactly. Yeah. The, the ones who tell you to read the New York Times and The Economist. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I uh, uh, I went to school for political science, uh, and then I just started working in um, commodity sales and stuff, and um, I've just been doing that for like the last seven years. I guess, I, you know. But yeah, more, more, more to your point, I mean, we, we, we all have um, family members and friends and coworkers that have vile opinions mm-hmm. and we still love them, you know, exactly. It's, everyone is, everyone is, um, everybody is a product of pressures in their lives that, that guide them into who they are. We just have to present different pressures that convince them that equity and equality is good for everybody. I always like to say that, we're always we're all victims of the same uh, system. Yeah, even people that that come into my comments and make specials at me and say vile things—they're also victims of capitalism. We're fighting to make their lives better as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. So, do you guys? I guess maybe we'll start with Adam. Do you want to talk about your? Uh... Uh, transformation into communism. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't 
I call myself a, a communist, but um, you're off the show. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like going going into college, going into college, I was definitely conservative. Um, I even was in the college Republicans. Um, and then, you know, a bunch of my friends are getting into weed and stuff, and that's obviously illegal in Wisconsin. Um, I guess kind of subtly thinking, you know, that's bullshit. And then I was taking a class um, on the Old Testament, and the professor is, you know, showing examples, you know, how, like, for example, in the book of Isaiah, how there's all this social justice, protecting widows and orphans. Um, there's just these protections of people who aren't well off in life, who have troubles greater than yourself. And being a part of a community, you must take care of these people. Because if you don't, you're you're betraying your fellow man, your God, and that I guess that struck a chord with me. And Absolutely. From there, I I just started looking at the world different, and you know, it obviously didn't happen overnight. Um, but then, like losing health insurance and kind of just seeing the bullshit. I, yeah, I, just realizing I, I, that the system we currently have doesn't work. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I find that um, there's there's too much smug division of religion among the le- among leftists. I think, I mean, my wife is Catholic, and her religion informs her to be a better person. Mm-hmm. And like, there's the the anti theism among the left is. It's imperialist at its core. It's telling people that they can't, they can't have faith in something that they've had faith in for generations. And instead, we should be reaching out to these people and asking what about their religion determine or help them form and send them into being a better person. I, I think religion has a lot of positive qualities that can transform people into a communist. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I kind of believe that most religions have the same underlying philosophies. And unfortunately, in like the United States, a lot of that's been hijacked by, uh, you know, televangelists. And that's kind of like just a, an example of how even capitalism seeps into everything and just hijacks those, those basic philosophies that are good for humankind and like love your brothers and sisters and everything and then mm-hmm. gets hijacked. Agreed. And Absolutely, it's it's all been co-opted by profiting centers. Yeah, that's the driving force in in, in the state. And yeah, we need to we need to offer a counter message to that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think there's some. I and and again, this is all this is all just like just bullshit I see online. Um, but I I see a lot of like hostility in the left. And there's always those joke memes where, like, you know, <laughs> have to left this all hate each other type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, sometimes I think some of the voices on the left 
are are uh, pretty elitist, I guess. Um, Absolutely. Like it's, it's, um, everybody, everybody wants to carve out their own section of the left that they can call their own, and where they can they can lord it over everyone else. Everybody, while we argue against hierarchy, mm-hmm. there are people among the left that are doing everything they can to position themselves in a hierarchy. Yeah. And it yeah. does nothing it does nothing to further our cause. No, not at all. And I guess the the first time I really cuz are you familiar with like Chapo Trap House and Street Fight Radio? Oh, um yeah, I I love I, I love Chapo. I I never really got into Street Fight. Okay. Well, I I don't know. Like I would be so actually I I like those guys too, all of them. Um but I was watching um or sorry, I was on Twitter and I saw Will Miniker say something a few years ago. I don't remember what it was, um, but in his comment section, some someone was like disagreeing with him, uh, mm-hmm. and one of their listeners just goes on there and says like, "Shut up, you stupid asshole," you know, <laughs> type of stuff. And it's yeah, and it's like, how does that help? Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's just I don't know. It seems like a lot of this stuff is just kind of bad faith arguments and like. Um, like I saw somebody in the street fight right and somebody was saying like uh if you have a four oh one K you're uh you're like an elitist or like a you're you're just like a no good uh capitalist or something like that. You're a traitor to the cause, yeah. you know. Like I've heard yeah, that before. Um, it's 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 so frustrating though. Uh-huh. People are, <laughs> that we're gonna we have 12 socialists and 11 communists in the United States, and we think that we can push them out of the cause. Yeah. Like, we have to make it smaller. <laughs> and we, we all we all exist in the world we were born into. It's why the entire um, argument that reactionaries make that, why don't you just move? Or, uh, after you're enjoying your phone in capitalism, that doesn't hold water. Because mm-hmm. we're all born in this world, so we all take part in it, regardless of our ideology. For sure. And people exactly. go into those comment sections and tell people that they're not left enough because they exist in the world they were born into is just happening. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like it's not like they don't even want to. I, I I think a lot of that stuff no. is like they don't want to actually it's participate. Oh, sorry. I said it's fanboy behavior. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's like it's not even. I don't know. I don't think they're really interested in making things better. I think they people just like to be online. Oh. And I, no, I, I you'll get that. Yeah. We we have to have to find a way to 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 drag those pedantic insufferable people along with us too. You know. Mm-hmm. So just just ignore the. That's, I don't know. I just ignore those kind of people and just move forward and find the helpers. Yeah, it, I find that kind of frustrating about the you know the liberal purity test or the purity like the litmus test that everyone like. I get frustrated with like Twitter liberals specifically, just because of the the you have to be so pure in a sense that once. For example, like you have certain candidates that may not be perfect, but if like one thing from the past or, you know, just 
they absolutely say nope, doesn't pass the purity test. But if it's like that's your best option for pushing things more to the left, you know, you, you kind of gotta. The purity test gets frustrating to me, and and like I don't think anybody could hold up to these ridiculous standards, and that a lot of people like the the Twitter left or whatever put up there. And it's frustrating to see because then you feel like there can be no progress. And that gives, that gives like the right and Republicans a, a way to say like, Hey, look, see, like, you know, they point their fingers and see like, look how ridiculous that is. And I, and sometimes I have to agree with that because it can be kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my thoughts are, I'll, I'll absolutely rag on, um, any elected official, I'll rag on AOC, I'll rag on Bernie. Um, mm-hmm. Ilan Omar has a special place in my heart because she's she, she lived in a refugee camp. Yeah, but um, but there's I am over electoral politics personally. But if somebody's gonna go and vote and campaign or canvas for a um for a Democrat. Or for uh, progressives, I don't care. That's 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 their decision, and they're doing what they can with what they have to do what's right. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. I I will no longer participate in electoral politics as long as there's a Democratic Party. But I understand those who do, and I'm not going to push them away or rag on them or deride people for doing what they think is right. The purity test thing, it is ridiculous, and nobody can live up to a perfect communist ideal, and while reforms might save off the collapse of capitalism, we also have to accept actions that save lives, but we have to accept them with the knowledge that we have to fight even harder to push for the ideal. Like, we, we, we can't accept, you know, that's, that's my biggest concern is that we'll get something like 3D college or universal healthcare, and we'll see that, we'll get that, it'll improve everyone's life, and then we're going to just suck the air out of any left movement. We have to accept these reforms knowing that they're going to save lives. But we have to push even harder for the end goal of a moneyless, classless, stateless world free of exploitation, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely... I'm with you there on electoralism. Um, I mean, I I haven't really participated... I participated in the last presidential election, but where I live now we've had two um since and I just haven't even opened my ballot I get it mailed to me it's all mail in mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, honestly it's just like if you feel no, like I'm, I'm in, with you I, yeah if you feel like I filling in bubbles I, I participated too yeah um I mean I, I participated in every single election that I could um up you know until the or up until yeah, the I mean, my mom presidential voted, my mom voted Democrat for what, 40 years, and <laughs> and now she's living in a dilapidated apartment with minimal social security, and she's struggling to make it by, you know, it's just infuriating 
but she'll continue to vote Democrat, and and that's fine too. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rag on her. <laughs> yeah, I I have because it costs it costs nothing from for those of us with uh, white privilege to vote. Yeah, it's just like self. It's just self soothing, for the most part. Yeah, it's it's meditative for a lot of people, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I mean, I, I don't know. I voted for Joe Biden, um, but I just, I'm just kind of pissed at what's been happening. I mean, every single time the Democrats get power, they don't. They just negotiate down with themselves, or they have to like. They they start the negotiation by undercutting themselves. Yeah, and I mean, that wasn't yeah, the original exactly. Yeah, the original uh, infrastructure bill was supposed to be like six trillion, and then Joe Manchin said four trillion, and then Joe Manchin said two trillion, and now they have a one trillion dollar package. Like that's yeah. absolute yeah. bananas. Yeah. When did, when did... When did, we, when did we have a national election for Joe Manchin to decide? Or Kirsten Cinema to decide? I and know. Then, uh, we, never, we never heard of... It's convenient that we not, no one ever heard of a parliamentarian until it was time for Democrats to be foiled again. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that that's so, just ridiculous. Yeah. And then that happened with in Ob- the Obama years with the public option... That got struck down by what Joe Lieberman, who was a Democrat from like New Hampshire. <laughs> so it's like every time they get power, one of them uh, just yeah. fucks it up for everybody, and they're just like, "Well, oh, here's the boogeyman yeah, yeah. this time." And, then and that you know, there's there's a selected person to be the heel, and yeah. they they play that role. Yeah, and they fundraise off it too. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Which is probably I don't know. That's just drives me insane. I agree with where you're coming from, Tommy Chucker. It's just like with the last election, I, it's like it was Joe Biden or Donald Trump and it's just like, it's Which almost like I, I had to, I, I had to go in and vote for Joe Biden because I just thought Donald, like, if Donald Trump was president again, it would just be any kind of work that we do as as leftists is like that kind of fascism would you know erode any hope I guess for years mm-hmm. I guess and so I think this kind of ties into what you're talking about like the reality of the situations that people think they're in and that's why I like how you say like you, you don't like the ragging anyway because like Kevin said in past episodes about you have to appreciate the decisions people are left with you know there's mm-hmm. not and i guess the only thing that i say about like participating in you know electoral politics is extremely frustrating especially somebody who is of the left persuasion but it, it's almost like it, it is kind of well, like that's all, it, yeah. all we have it's the, to do. absolutely it's the only outlet we have to, to speak like i i just arbitrarily gained a following on TikTok. And prior prior to that, I've I've never had a platform. And so now that I do, I want to I I, I brainstorm all the time how I'm going to effectively 
um, get our message out. And prior to that, you're just you're just floundering, crying out for someone to hear you, but there's no possible way. So that's why voting as a means of being heard is all they let us have. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, we have to we have to find ways to meet people, man. We we have to we have to find ways to to reach out to people. We have to meet people where they are, which means we're not going to bring people over by ragging on them for voting for another neoliberal conservative because that's that's the only option they're given. Mm-hmm. So how can we how can we be mad at people that are using the only lever of power they have? So we got to meet people where they are. We can't expect people to come over to us having read Marx and Lenin and <laughs> been through been through the strict rigmarole of leftist security testing. Mm-hmm. We gotta accept people in as they are. I I, I agree with that. Yeah, and I guess- it's frustrating. It's frustrating as it is. I'm sorry, Kevin. Uh, it's frustrating as it is. It's just like I I try so hard, especially because, like you, I I work in a very uh, masculine and blue collar kind of environment filled with conservatives and that old way of thinking. And mm-hmm. it's frustrating as it is. Like, I always believe that people, where, how people think at the core, there's a reason for it. And it's usually a very human element. And kind of like we were talking to, like with the conservatives that I work with, all of them say like, you know, I used to vote Democrat, but it's not the party it used to be. And what I hear from when they talk is some of the most outlandish and wild things that come out of their mouths sometimes. I think it's at this core is just what we're talking about. It's only just decades of frustration and, and seeing uh, everything they've tried to build just be basically for nothing or not as much as they could have had. You're absolutely right. It, a, a lot of it has to do with Democrats turning the back on unions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. O- Obama got I, I voted Obama because he was talking about card checks, about making it easier to form unions. But as soon as he was, <laughs> soon as he was elected, that was up the door. Mm-hmm. So the, the union membership has been eroding for generations and Democrats used to be the working class party and it's just gone now. So so you can't you can't blame people for turning their backs on a party that turned their backs on them. Yeah. Yeah, I think Democrats are completely just corporatists, like lizard people or whatever now. Like even so like I live in Washington and and I, I say that jokingly. I don't actually believe they're lizard people. Um, <laughs> but uh the uh, uh, like you know Washington Seattle is like looked at as this like socialist hellhole or whatever, but mm-hmm. my senator Patty Murray went in and you know basically got Jeff Bezos a I think it was like a ten million dollar contract with for Blue Origin and <laughs> and it's like that's not I mean that that's jobs I suppose but it's like SpaceX is here too and they won the job you know type of stuff so it's like. Why are mm-hmm. why are these corporates corporations getting socialism, these, but we're getting yeah. nothing? I mean, what, that's, what, 
That's Bernie Sanders yeah. right there. <laughs> Why are any of these private entities anyways? Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Very true. I mean, and a lot of people are so scared. Uh, like when I talk about democratizing the workplace or if you just say the big C in general, it's like people are just like, well, who's going to work? If no one has to work. Who's going to work? And it's like, I don't. Yeah, like why wouldn't we work? Especially if we're getting a bigger piece of the pie. Like I think the response to that should be like, who wouldn't want to take a raise? You know? Yeah, I, 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 a comrade asked me what I see my goal, what my goal would be in a communist utopia, and I said I'd be a truck driver because I'm good at it, I enjoy it. But my labor, instead of going to buy my boss a second yacht, would be going to feed people in need. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the root of it. We we all have roles to play. We all have jobs that we're able to do. And frankly, more of us should not be working. We're producing and consuming the earth into a cinder. Mm-hmm. We we need to be producing less. Not everybody. We don't all need our plastic bottles and our little knickknacks. We <laughs> we need to be looking at at what we need. What do we desire the future of humanity to be? Do we want to continue to race for profit, or do we want an equitable, habitable planet for our children. Yes, yes. Adam, do you want to add anything? Yeah, that's just bottom line. Um, yeah, so... No. Adam, I didn't hear you. Did you say no? No. Oh, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I talk, like, a, a few episodes ago, I actually went on a uh, kind of a... a, a a doom pilled uh, rant about how um, Ameri- mm-hmm. Americans are just um, like our whole role in the global economy is just to be a consumer. And so all we do all day is like watch our screens telling us to go, go get something to consume or have it delivered to your house to consume. Mm-hmm. And you just play around with these pieces of plastic garbage until you, they break and you throw them away and you know, everything's designed to break, you know, like, like even i don't know if you're into video games at all but uh like if you remember like the red ring of death whole thing with xbox 360 um and like ps3s yeah. were were screwed and um like now like the playstation 5 is uh they're like putting cheaper heat sinks in them and it's like everything's just made to break yeah, planned, planned obsolescence exactly yeah, yeah. so you have to buy it again mm-hmm and and so we're just producing yeah. to people's, I guess. Man, I don't know. If, I I don't even. I have a hard time calling it a want. Even like, it's like we're producing things it's to people's lizard brains so that they just keep buying stuff for profit and not need. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. We're all so isolated and ostracized from one another that we look for any out. Any way to feel a bit of community or 
companionship. Mm-hmm. And so our, our desire for community and for friendship has been replaced with consumerism. Yeah. So we buy things that, that give us, we buy things that give us that instant drip of serotonin. And then that fades away. And mm-hmm. then you have to replace that with something else that gives you a drip of serotonin. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we do that ad nauseum until we've cleared out the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I get a new game on Steam, I always call it my serotonin drip. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. And, and I, I'd say, I'd say that consumerism is even, you know, it's just infected everything, even, even romantic relationships. I mean, I, I, I was at a nice dinner with my fiance a couple of weeks ago and there are these people there who were like a couple who are also influencers. And so the whole time they were just like looking at their phones and, like figuring out how to take pictures of their steak and you know just yeah. going nuts and it's like why don't you sit there enjoy your yeah. company and enjoy your food together like dinner is supposed mm-hmm. to just be a little intimate you know time with your your family and um yeah i mean i yeah, it's, it's hard to separate yourself at, at some point yeah and um take stock of what's in front of you mm-hmm. because I'm, I, I do the same thing on occasion. I'll get, I'll get sucked into um, a video I'm working on or comments in my comment section and I'll ignore the fact that mm-hmm. I have a kid, you know, throwing Cheerios at me right across from me. <laughs> and it, 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 it's hard. It's hard to break yourself out of that yes but it's absolutely necessary too but and you know and you know there's i'm not i'm not gonna drag people for that either because that that is some people's entirety of existence is 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 online interaction yeah and and that's it, it, it could be beautiful that people that would otherwise be separated from humanity have found this method by which they can reach out to others. Mm-hmm. The, the internet and social media, it could be a function for good. It could be a way for people in need or unable to connect with others to connect with others. For sure. And that's great. Some people can't get out of the house. Some people can't form relationships with others. And this gives them the opportunity. But there's also those of us that don't strive to find meaning where we don't need to. And we also get stuck into that world. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's important to take stock of what you actually have. And, that, you know, that plays into the same thing as looking for that serotonin drip with the newest toy. Yeah. I don't know. We, we, we got we to find a balance. For sure. For sure. And um, I mean, I think just the way that politics kind of plays into this is I, I you know, they, they all want us to be distracted. And um, I, I always bring this up is like after right after 9-11, George Bush told us all to keep going to the mall and keep shopping. 
Um, yep. So like, <laughs> that's the important thing. Yeah, it, it just plays <laughs> it plays to to the advantage for the the political class to just to keep us going to the mall mm-hmm. and stuff and and distracted and it it'd be nice if um I don't know we could continue to develop communities and things like that but it um I, I i agree with you i think i have a lot of you know i have some meaningful relationships that are you know 100 percent online um and i do think there is a yeah, place for it absolutely. for organizing and, and communicating and, and relationship building and and things like that but i you mm-hmm. know for the most part i do think it's just a avenue to put put ads into your brain um and I, and I think that's kind yeah, of how most right now, people... because it's, 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 it's absolutely, it's, it's all, it's a private enterprise. Yeah. So the end goal of course is to profit off of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's another example of how, because I mean, I, I even, you know, I, we were pretty young, but you know, we were around when the internet first started to really take off as a means of communicating mm-hmm. and like, you know, message boards and instant messaging and stuff. And I think of, and I don't know if this is just maybe a tinge of nostalgia, but I think of communicating and gaming and stuff back in, you know, the early 2000s as a much more enjoyable experience than it is now. It was novel, too. It was was, was, was fresh and something new. And Mm -hmm. it, it didn't have the... It wasn't directly tied to a profit incentive right away. Mm-hmm. As it is now, it wasn't. Corporations weren't farming our data like they are now. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like it was it was less corrupted. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah, like all these I, companies were smaller, and now they you know they got bought out by huge ones, and like Facebook bought like WhatsApp yeah. and Instagram and all that stuff, and I don't know. They've all just become you know, monsters and themselves. And that's just kind of, I guess what happens in a capitalist society when you got to yep. have eternal growth. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to grow our economy into extinction. So <laughs> I, I don't, I don't see what we need. We need to think at the next quarter. Mm-hmm. We, <laughs> we're, we're obsessed, not, not individually, but, as a nation, with ensuring our next quarter is profitable, and we have to grow from there. Otherwise, we're a failure somehow. Yeah, it, it, it's just not—it's not infinitely scalable on a finite planet. Yeah, exactly. That's actually something Sam says a lot. Is the we're uh, we're trying to live to next quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's the next quarter. That's all we look for in this country: the next quarterly earnings. That's it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> we don't we don't have any any uh, thoughts beyond that, and it, it's just frustrating because, like, we we've talked about like the four hundred one ks, and I have one, and I know a lot of people do. It's just like you know, you're you do what what you you do what you can in the system that you live in to try and have a decent life, but then like you look at like these these greedy gamblers on wall street and you watch these quarterly earnings and like their hyper reactions to everything. And it's just like, we have tied an entire, entire population 
to thinking that they're invested in the stock market where it's just rich people gambling with all their money. But that's the thing that yep. keeps it going. It's like our retirement is based on how well corporations do. They do. Yeah, we, yeah. We, celebrate, we celebrate their greed and their recklessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everything. It, 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 we celebrate personal wealth hoarding. What, yeah. what frustrates me about like stocks and equities and stuff is to me it's just fake money too like mm. the law of like the supply and demand drives those prices up and that's the only reason that wealth is there is because we put value on it when it's really in, in my opinion nothing mm-hmm. like what you said beyond like dividends that some companies give out like what is the purpose of <laughs> even owning stock in a company you know and None. yeah so that's I mean, we, we have tied everything to the stock market, and that's how we, like, gauge how well things are doing. And it's been ingrained in everybody, saying if the stock market's doing good, then we must be doing good. Yeah. You know, it's it's the double talk that I think a lot of people are frustrated. It's like, oh, well, I'm not doing well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm getting by, but, like, you know, it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. And then how do people value doing well? Doing well yeah. it means it means what? Just the numbers high. <laughs> some 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 profit. Yeah. A little bit of profit. Yeah. One quarter. Or, or does doing well mean uh, children in an impoverished neighborhood get to eat? I mean, we 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 we've, we've we've manipulated an entire globe to to change their principles, morals, and values. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so detrimental to our survival, and it's detrimental to anything anyone could ever consider to be ethical. Yeah, and my I guess my kind of personal experience with this is the the first c- company I worked for out of college. Um, they're publicly traded, and they right when coronavirus hit, um, they cut everyone's pay ten percent so that the company could like look profitable uh, for the second mm-hmm. quarter, you know, cause we did lose a lot of like a lot of stuff shut down. It was a man- had to do with manufacturing. So like, you know, obviously all that shut down, we lost a lot of sales and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you know, I had to take a, a pretty substantial cut to my pay and, and along with everybody else in the company. And, uh, and then like we were just supposed to sit there and be like, Oh, it's for the company we're sacrificing so that we're still around and blah, blah, blah. Yep. And, you know, and so sure the company succeeded, but yeah. At what cost, what does that look like? Like in my opinion, the company, that was a huge <laughs> failure on their part. It led to so many people quitting and like the only people who yeah, actually got why, to, why? sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the only no, people go who got to keep their, you know, their retirement and stuff were the union members in one of the plants. They got together, they were fed up with it, so they went on strike and they got to keep yeah. you know, and and that's that's another thing that kind of sucks about it. It's like they just got to keep their standard. They didn't get to improve or anything. It's like they had to unionize and fight just to keep them from digging in their pockets and taking back ten percent of their pay. It's just like it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean what what's the entire purpose of business? Is to not to keep humans alive. Yeah, you know, you know why? Why are we setting up these manufacturing plants, and why are we delivering goods back and forth, and why are we setting up shops 
unless the end goal is to keep employees and customers alive and to give people a better life. For sure. That's exactly what it should be about. Yeah, it should be, uh, but it's not. It's just to make people money. <laughs> Unfortunately. No. Uh, well, it's kind of like uh, with the supply chain issue about, uh, you know, that New York Times, well, yeah, the, that daily podcast, the guy talked about how shipping companies are shipping empty containers back to, like, China to get filled up because they're making tons of money right now with, with the, like, the, but, like, that's going to end up, he said, screwing over, like, farmers. Because, like, they're not going to be able to, like, load up their food because that usually, like, goes to the middle of the country and then goes back. And our food goes to, like, Southeast Asia and stuff. And it's just, like, what world, like, so what world are we living in? Like, that's food, you know. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of just blows my mind just how insane that is. Even when you, you just talk about that, like, just. We're not going to ship food. We're going to ship empty containers because we're going to make more money that way. You know, I, it's, it's a little bit more complicated, obviously, than that. But it's, just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. But it is. When, when you get down to the core of it, we're doing jobs that don't need to be done just to do them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and I don't know if you're familiar with um, the reactionaries and ANCAPs going in comments and saying ECP. Saying what? No. ETP. ETT. It's it's a ECP. It's an economic calculation problem. Oh, that ECP. They okay. like to tell. Yeah, where they say communism can't figure out how to efficiently distribute goods without monetary incentives. Yes. But capitalism hasn't figured it out. No, no. You have more homes than homes than homeless people. Mm-hmm. People go hungry and we throw away half of all our processed food. Mm-hmm. 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 So what are, we, what are we even talking about? We don't distribute goods in a way for the benefit of humanity. We distribute goods in a way to, to benefit a handful of wealthy ghouls. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah, they're the free riders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, like absolutely I, ridiculous. I I think about that a lot. I mean, I, when I was in high school, I used to work at a gas station in the kitchen, and I mean, I know it wasn't good food by any means, like not healthy for you or anything. But the amount of stuff we'd throw away was food just food. disgusting. You know, yeah, food it, is food. When ex- you're hungry, food is food. Exactly, and it's just like to think if 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 this company didn't want to make money off of these like microwave burgers um that's under a lamp for you know two hours before you have to throw them away like what 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 could we have done with the resources that went into making that product you know that's now in the garbage yeah we have we have large box retail stores with security cameras pointed at their dumpsters mm-hmm. where they throw out their food mm-hmm. yeah i saw that story in it's Paul. not it's not sorry not too it's just evil that we're so obsessed with making a profit for a few people that we're willing to lose money to ensure that some people don't eat yeah yeah i mean as soon as there's money involved there's a barrier to entry 
you know, that barrier to entry yeah, for that's it, exactly. Yeah. You know, we might, our barrier for entry to buy f- like food, you know, we can handle that, you know, just as people who have jobs and stuff, but <laughs> what about the people who do- can't get full-time work or, you know, they-, they can't work at all, you know, cause of a disability or something like, and then everyone's like, oh, there's programs out there, blah, blah, blah. But it's like those programs are so underfunded. And, you know, it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like to my knowledge anyway, it's not like someone handing out food stamps or an EBT card is knocking on every person's door saying, hey, can you afford food? You know, you got to go search that out yeah. and jump through hoops. <laughs> yeah. It's all need testing nonsense. Mm-hmm. If we don't make if we don't make our programs universal then we're making them to keep food out of people's mouths mm-hmm. and to hurt people. Yeah. I, I mean, I really think that capitalism has poisoned our psychology into thinking that every single waking moment of our lives could be used to make money. Um, Cause like I used to, I used to be a pretty big Dave Ramsey guy uh, trying to get out of debt and stuff. And he's always like, Oh, get a second job and get out of debt, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I used to have two jobs, like my full-time job and I deliver pizzas and then I was a bartender for a little bit, but it, it, like my, I was so just burnt out, you know, just always working. Oh, Hey, I just got done working all week. Uh, it's Friday. Uh, I guess I got to drive up to the bar to, you know, sling some glasses of wine and stuff like that and watch all these people relax and have fun while I'm working my second job and, you know, just to pay rent or get a little bit ahead on my student loan yep. type of thing. And, and so like when people lose yep. their jobs for um, any number of reasons, whether it's a layoff or uh, you know, their mental health has deteriorated and their bosses wanted to push them out the door or whatever, like that mm-hmm. makes their situation so much worse. And it makes some people tie so much value to their jobs that they feel like less of a person if they're not working. And then that just compounds the depression. And the the you know negative oh, self image absolutely and yeah the, it's the the peer pressure among your other coworkers to to make the we're all oppressed by our bosses mm-hmm. but it's 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 almost a Stockholm syndrome where we're pushing <laughs> each other more than our bosses push us mm-hmm. like we we have to. Like I have this um where I work there's these there's a guy that has to take off as soon as he gets back from his ride because he has self custody of his life. And the rest of us have to go out on the dock and do some extra work a couple hours every night. But instead of in, instead of people looking at our boss and saying, why don't you hire more people so none of us have to work it out? They, they aim their anger at this one person that has to get home to his kid. Mm. Uh, like, you, they're pointing the finger at each other instead of, instead of placing the blame where it belongs on those that keep us subjugated and oppressed. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I see that a lot. It's like, all backwards. Yeah. Like, I had a, uh, at my old comp, the old place I used to work at, we had a machine operator who, in, in Washington, there's paid family leave, and you can take up to 12 weeks. 
And so he, his wife, you know, had a baby and he took the full 12 weeks off. And then we were shorthanded because this certain machine only like two people knew how to operate it. Um, and my bosses raised hell about it. They're like, oh, I can't believe he's taking the full 12 weeks off, blah, 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 blah. It's like, when is that kid going to be born again? You know, like, that, yeah, oh that is such an intimate, like, I mean, I don't have any kids, but I can imagine that is such like an intimate and important time, you know, just the first few weeks of, you know, you're spending time with your kids is invaluable, you know, no matter their age, it's, you know, but it's especially when they're born mm -hmm. and being there for your, your wife or your partner, you know, yeah. in that yeah. time and, and just to be like, oh, we need you here, you know, up here cutting metal. so like no <laughs> like i can imagine his boss probably <laughs> called him halfway through to do a a checkup you know and and uh we're like oh, oh so yeah. you're thinking about uh you know maybe cutting it short a little bit so dumb absolutely it's yeah it's so, just let we can't let people exist without guilting them for not making profits or something exactly exactly yeah it's i i have thought about how like our current system is just kind of broken up families you know, maybe like moving, moving across the country, say, or, you know, even moving like an hour away, like, and having to commute, like how much time with your family is just lost. And yeah, and you're like, I don't know, I kind of think of a family as just kind of like the most important unit in society. And it's been shoved to the wayside. Um, oh, I fully agree. For your corporate family, <laughs> yeah, but, right? Yeah, um, I work. I work ten to twelve hour days. I see yeah. my kids for an hour when I when I when I get up in the morning, and that's it. You know, Monday through Friday, I'm at work. Yeah. And it's just like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. What's the purpose? I, I I'm, I'm I do well. I'm I'm okay. I make I'm make enough to support my family. I have mm -hmm. job security, all of which is important. But I, but what is when do I get to see, when do I get to see my family? Yeah. You know, yeah. When do I get to see my daughters grow? Yeah, I mean companies. I mean, forty used to be that was kind of <laughs> the last win maybe the left had in this country was forty hours. Yeah, <laughs> that's deteriorating. Or or weekends, weekends. Well, I I've I've worked every weekend <laughs> almost. Yeah. You know, the past eight years or so, I you were on a long. Was, was it you that was on a, like a fifteen day stretch recently? Yeah, yeah. The only reason I I got off was because my sister was getting married, and I took yeah, I, I, left my vacation for that. Yeah, well, that's a good enough reason. <laughs> yeah, so so I'm pretty sure. Then we, yeah, and then we feel guilty for taking time off. Yeah. Like it's our yeah. fault. Our boss is gonna make their employees work for us. Like mm -hmm. if, if you call in sick one day, you're gonna feel even worse. Yeah. And it's set up so that you feel worse because you're putting more labor on other people. Yeah. But that is not. That's not your fault. It's no. not a worker's fault for taking time to be with his family or himself or herself. Mm -hmm. It's. <laughs> it's yeah. your boss's fault for not providing for not providing a workplace that values labor. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, for me personally, we need to be nicer to ourselves. Yes. Um, for me personally, I, uh, I'm in sales, so like, I, I've had so many people, um, like it's B two B sales, so like people who are buying and and purchasing and stuff, they they tell me that they never take vacations because when they come back, they have more work than when they left or they take their laptop or cell phone with them on vacation and they do work while on vacation. And it's, I just feel so bad for them. I mean, that's the the most pathetic flex that I've ever, ever here. Yeah. People do it and they're proud of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm cutting in my personal time with my family and loved ones too much profit for this this boss that doesn't give a shit yeah yeah it's 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 completely ridiculous because like i and then i you know i have had that guilt associated with taking vacation um just because like you know I, i'm people's point of contact and stuff like that and if i'm not there like it's not getting done right blah 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 and you know you get that in your head Um, but I've luckily like I've grown and I, you know, like I keep two separate phones, one for work, one for when I'm off. So I can just like put it away, enjoy my weekends. Mm -hmm. You know, I always cut off at like five or six o'clock. Like I'm like, I'm done working. That's the work day. Um, and honestly, I have only, you know, grown in my career. So like, I think a lot of these people just need to take a step Mm -hmm. back and need to lose that fear that, Oh, if I don't take care of it, it's going to be a disaster. Like they think, you know, the company's going to shut down if they're not there. Um, you have to immediately erect boundaries mm -hmm. with your employer or they're going to set the boundaries for you. For sure. Yeah. I, I, I just, uh, with the holiday season coming up, I'm, I'm trying to, cause I have some, you know, PTO left. So I was trying to figure out what they're going to do during the holiday season. So I could, you know, use up the rest of it. Cause I mean, it's kind of crazy right now. I, I everywhere's crazy right now, but I, it's just like, cause it's, we're like a user to lose it. Um, company. So it's just like, I'm not going to get to the end of the year and then still have all this PTO and then I lose it at the end of the year. So at one point, I just kind of just went, I, I rose kind of a stink, and I was just like, I, I got to take these, like, I'm going to take these days off. Is that okay? Yes or no? Because I, I went for like three weeks, three weeks to a month asking about it, and I just never got an answer. Yeah. I finally was just like, I'm going to take these days off, yes or no, and they just said yes. Okay. So I was just like, okay. And it's just like, that's frustrating, because like, that's yep. the days you allot me mm-hmm. to take off and stay vacation, yeah. and then... I get the run around about it kind of until like last minute. So it's just kind of frustrating. You know, like I get every, I get, I get everyone's frustrated (laughs) all the time. I get everyone's frustrated all the time, but I don't fault anybody for like even calling. It's just like, if you need time, take time. Just it. I mean, I'm guilty of being like frustrated with other people, but I mean, I'm guilty. I have, I don't, hold myself up to the standards that I want to sometimes, but still, I understand like people need a break. Yeah. So just oh, let them take get a break. Mm-hmm. And so then, even, you know, even those middle managers, they're not for the blame because their pressure is put on them to overperform and to they they enter that job knowing that they have to they have to do things to ensure that the company continues. 
They they exist in that world too. They have a family to feed too. And it just goes up and up the ladder that everybody's expected. And and then it it goes all the way around so no one's to blame. And it's it's so insidious in every aspect where everyone is (laughs) exploiting everyone else and we can't we can't find a point of point of blame. There's no one person that that we could that we could uh, unravel this knot. We have to strip the entire incentive of profit away from everything. Bring it back around to victims of the same system. Mm-hmm. We all are. Yeah, I think managerial roles, especially middle management, is is all fear based managing, um, and they're there to be the fall guys. So, like, I I think about it in terms of like a restaurant general manager. Uh, if no one's showing up to work at like a McDonald's or a Wendy's or whatever, that's the guy or the that's the person who is going to pick up the slack. Like we're paying you peanuts, yeah. but you agreed to work 60 hours a week, 10 hour a day, you know, and and you got to yeah. you got to pick up the slack around here and start flipping burgers. You know, so like that's I think that's middle management is like the fall guy for upper management and the enemy of their, you know, yeah. <laughs> people who report to them, even though they don't really hold much power at yeah. all. And that's no, why they no, got to no, play no. those games no, with you. Their, their role is to be the person that the worker is playing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's it. The punching bag. So uh, we're, we're a little bit over an hour now. Did you want to, I was kind of thinking maybe we just kind of end wrap up the discussion by just saying like, I don't know what we think. Could could unify the working class? Maybe just kind of go around the table if if you want to start, commie trucker. Yeah, um, I think to uh, reach out, we need to stop focusing on messaging to other leftists. We need to we need to focus on reaching out to people that that have no language to describe the world that they exist in and that they suffer under. And the only way I see us doing that is by meeting people where they are. We have to, we have it all backwards. We get on the internet and we're trying to save lives by changing minds. But what we need to do is be changing minds by saving lives. We need to perform those acts of kindness and mutual aid that directly impact people's lives that would otherwise um, just continue along with the status quo without looking inward towards a class consciousness. We mm-hmm. have to reach people that we think are unreachable. Hard as it can be sometimes, I I say the first thing we need to do is listen. I know it's hard to do because, mm-hmm. you know, everybody has a reason and it's ultimately a human element to why they think the way. Even if it's like a disgusting thought they have, like there's a reason why they think the way they do. And okay. if you meet people with compassion and listening and I, I and I always i i felt like it's, it's hard to do because like i don't even live up to the what i say sometimes and but i think that's where we need to we need to start start by listening and then we can slip in the communist manifest i'm not just kidding <laughs> but like you know just like it's, yeah, it, yeah. it starts it starts with like realizing this person is a human being as well and then we can find that class solidarity and then you can go from there it, it start that's where it starts like you said meeting people where they are I think you hit the nail on the head. No, you're absolutely right. I like that. 
address everyone like they're human, which is starts and listens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I guess I, I thought about just the need for everyone to keep their eyes open and help people when they can. Um, like if somebody needs help moving, uh, be willing to step up and help them out. Or like, I've I've noticed how much I've been relying on my my brother-in-law for his truck, for example. Like just need me needing help from him. Just to, like if you got furniture that needs to be transported or or that sort of thing, but or be willing to offer your tools or you know like it doesn't really happen anymore. But like <laughs> borrow it or borrowing a stick of butter to somebody or yeah yeah like anything just there. like these these just small gestures. gestures yeah small gestures and just but you got to keep your eyes open for them because i mean people are hesitant to ask for help yeah mm-hmm. i mean I, I whenever i open my door i don't see anybody in the hallway like in my apartment building so i yeah i but you know every now and then i, I see people moving in and that I've never done this, but that should be an opportunity to um, step up and help them out. Um, no, I agree. I, I yeah. feel like we also need to tie our charities to our ideology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just charity, and it's it's good. Do charity, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's not gonna it's not gonna change the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I think we kind of need to move away from identity politics a little bit. Um, Cause I think, I mean, it, it seems like that's just a losing battle when you use identity politics with, you know, to, you paint with a broad brush or whatever, just cause I, I think conservatives have kind of poisoned the well too much. Um, and mm-hmm. I kind of think it's something identity politics, politics really brings that like fear and conflict, uh, to the, the, the community in the neighborhood, because you look at everybody, I mean, like I talked to a, a therapist friend and he he speaks with black men who are f- afraid to go for a run because of the Ahmad Arbery mm-hmm. murder, um, you yeah. know. And so the Republicans have used identity politics to kind of inflame white supremacy, and I think Democrats kind of just keep pushing it and towing the line, and they don't do anything to address white supremacy and make it all just one. Well, big... they can use. A... Sorry. Yeah, they can use identity. Poli- they can use identity politics as uh, as the only reason to vote for Democrat because they're not going to address economic issues. Exactly. Exactly. So they'll, so, so they'll they'll run as less racist than Republicans. Yes. And exactly. I find I find Republicans will use identity politics to weaponize to, like you said, inflame white supremacy, mm-hmm. and. Um, leftists will use identity politics as a cudgel to drive people away yes yeah exactly and and that that's exactly what i think identity politics is has done you know it's 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 just kind of caused more division than anything and and i really think it comes down to class it comes down to the owner class and the working class and if if mm-hmm. and, and i think that message um kind of or is a better message. It gets, it's, it's more appealing to the broader masses. Cause like, I mean, look at like the John Deere strike or the countless strikes that are going on right now. Like mm-hmm. it's all about the individual or, or the workers needs and what they need. 
And, uh, and, 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 and it just inherently, when you have unions and you bring up the working class, you are bringing up, you know, what is rising tides raise all ships or whatever. So if you all have unions, like it's not just white guys that are getting more money, it's women, it's, you know, minorities, you know, transgender people, just everybody's getting more money. These union members. Yeah. These union members are also conservative and liberal mm-hmm. and anarchist and communist and it's always sorts. But they're all fighting for the same thing they're fighting for, which is which is like that exploitation of your worker class and more democratic working class. Yeah. Yeah, I think if see like the, the the just the label or the term working class unifies so many different people from so many different backgrounds. It's the one thread we all have in common is we're the working class. So instead of, you know, Mm -hmm. the news putting up all these statistics like, oh, who did white and black men vote for? Who did uneducated white men vote for? Who did, you know, man who went to one year of community college and dropped out? Who did they vote for? (laughs) Who did the working class vote for? Let's do it that way. Yeah, they're going to, it only serves to divide us into until we're just each singular atomic unit mm-hmm. of individuals. Mm-hmm. It, it, it does nothing to further class consciousness among everybody. Yeah. Yeah. We're putting everybody in their own little bubbles so that they don't yep. reach out to each yep. other. And we, I mean, we've been critical. One of the first things we were critical about on the podcast is like the upper, lower, middle class type thing and how that's divided into, you know, six different slices of pie. Like <laughs> it's just all. Yep. It's all bullshit. We're all workers, part of the working class. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that middle, middle class, you're not poor, you're middle class. <laughs> you know, this is, uh, yeah. And if you make, if you make right at the poverty level, you're middle class. Yep. And also, if you just happen to have a yacht, you're also middle class. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. What are we talking about? Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, did you? Uh, we usually do some plugs here at the end. So, did you want to kick that off, Commie Trucker? Oh yeah, that'd be great. Um, me and three other friends started a YouTube channel where we just kind of poke fun at each other and critique capitalism. It's called SJLA on YouTube. We um, our stated goal is to build an alt left pipeline to counter the alt right pipeline. Nice. And I also have a podcast called The Precariat. Uh, it's where you can find um, podcasts. I had Lumpy Louise from Twitter on recently to talk about the history of um, labor, the labor movement. So that was a lot of fun. And you can find me on TikTok and Twitter at Tommy underscore Trucker. Great, great. Well, yeah, uh, thanks for coming on, Kami Trucker. You are our like first guest from the uh the uh communist side you know <laughs> and, oh, my pleasure. and so we're uh we're really excited to kind of build a coalition of you know more uh i guess kinder leftists if you will i guess i don't know if that's the, the way to put it but you oh, know good. just that that i i, I like to i like to think i'm i'm not as belligerent as as leftists tend to be mm-hmm. yeah we we definitely need that I think that's that's this is the direction we got to go. I think with the Trump like hypernationalism, I think it kind of inflamed the you know kind of fringy like made that stuff really popular. Yeah. Um, and 
And I think I we kind of we got to bring it back. We're all scared and pissed off and looking for anything. And we're all kind of flowing. But it, I think it pays to kind of spread a message in a more, mm-hmm. uh, more passive way that agrees with most people. Hey, can I, can I shout out the um, other creators of SKLA real quick? Sure. Um, at Antagonist Edge, at Terrible Brofist, and at all on TikTok. They're fantastic creators. Check them out. For sure, for sure. I'll have to do that. Um, all right. Well, uh, everybody, uh, that's our show. If you if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at under uh, explore underscore pod, um, and we also have an, a Patreon, uh, just patreon.com slash Let's Explore This, and we will add all these notes to uh, the show notes as well. Thanks, everybody, and thanks again, Commie Trucker. All right, no problem. Thanks, guys. All right. Yep, thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Bye. I'd also like to take a moment to say thank you to AJ for becoming a patron on November 20th. We appreciate it, AJ. Thanks for listening. Uh, you're a friend of the pod and a friend of mine.